Hello everybody and welcome to 10 Minute Country episode 23. It's a special one this week. Um, we're going to have a big, long, way more than 10 minutes. Strap yourselves in, uh, get a comfy cushion, get a coffee or a gin and tonic or something and um, settle in for this one because I think this this one might be uh, 40 Minute Country uh, by the time we're done. We're in conversation with Lars Pluto this week. Um, Lars is a fascinating sort of larger-than-life character on the UK country scene. He's got all sorts of things going on. He's got his own band, The Reavers. He hosts Revolution in the Round at various um, venues around the country. He's in a rockabilly band. He appears on stage um, as Johnny Cash. He's playing Roy Orbison in the Everly Brothers um, touring show that's happening this year. And, um, you know, he's something of a, a very passionate um, very forthright online presence about the nature of modern country music. And the exciting thing for Lars and the Reavers is that they've got um, new music coming out this week. Um, Dear Country Music, check it out on, on YouTube, is a, is a love letter, an open love letter to the whole genre of country music about where Lars feels it's taken a, a wrong turn. And uh, I urge you all to check that out when it comes out on January the 24th. As you'll find out in the interview, Lars was, was born to a, a music family in the, deep in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia. And it, uh, his sort of life has brought him over to the UK in the last six or seven years or so. But his heart and soul is, is dripping in country music. And, and whilst, um, you know, he sometimes has opinions that you might not agree with, um, you know, I like to give a platform to everybody's opinions... So you may well hear some opinions that aren't necessarily things I agree with from Lars, but God, he speaks with such passion um, and, and, and such intelligence that I think it's well worth um, listening to what he's got to say. So get comfy, uh, and without further ado, here's 10 Minute Country in Conversation with Lars Pluto. Because we've sort of our paths have crossed online numerous times over the past few years. <laughs> yes, they have. You and can see that. You've, you've. If, if I could start with your, your sort of background, you had a fascinating musical upbringing, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I was. Um, I was born in Georgia. Yeah. Um, and my family were a, uh, a, a multi-generational gospel bluegrass group. Right. Um, for, since long before I was growing up, they started the group. Uh, my grandfather is the one who started it wow. um, in in the uh, early fifties on his own with him and him and, uh, and my grandmother. Yeah. Um, and you know, everyone in my family is musical on, on both sides. Lot, lots of fantastic players. They all put me to shame as far as their ability <laughs> to play instruments and sing. Um, and uh, they formed the main family band around my my eldest uncle at the time. Oh, okay. Um, because he was a child prodigy. Right. Uh, just came out, you know, it's just one of these people you can hum a note and we'll tell you what the note is. You know what I mean? He's got perfect pitch. Yes. Uh, and he's just a phenomenal uh, piano player, um, you know, organist, music, you know, musician. He plays French horn. He plays, he plays loads of instruments. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And so they kind of built up. That's when they became popular. It was called the Jordan Family. Right. Um, and they toured, you know, all over. Uh, gospel music is much... Uh, particularly at the time, this, sure. the, this would have been in the 60s yeah, yeah. and in, into the 70s. Um, they, uh, gospel music is, is, a, is a very popular form of 
of music down, you know, you can sell out arenas playing gospel yes. music in, in America in certain places. Right. And uh, they, they uh, it was, so the band was based around, you know, my, my uncle, my mother, and her sister. Uh, and they hired my dad around 1974 right. uh, as, as their bass player. Right. Um, and then he and my mom uh, got married, started having children. Um, and my grandfather switched more from, you know, from, so we never really lived anywhere for a long amount of time. No, we I was going to say, you must have just moved we, around. Yeah, we just moved around. So we would move into an area. Uh, and then they would tour around that area. Right. You know, we had a big tour. We had a big Greyhound tour bus. Um, and I spent most of my summers on that tour bus. Wow. <laughs> so, that must have been cool. It was cool. It was cool and it wasn't. I didn't know any other way. You know what I mean? So I didn't really, I, I think I took it for granted at the time. Right. I just wanted yeah, to be yeah. like, why can't I just be home playing? I got to be stuck on this bus for hours at a time. You know what I mean? And I just wanted to go fishing. Or, you I was going to say, it must have been hard to make friends and put roots down and stuff then. It was. I mean, I was a professional new kid in school always. I mean, I mean, you know, my, my fifth grade year, I went to five different schools. Right. My fifth grade year, it was like three or four different schools. It's just you got used to doing it. They would move to an area, tour around. Yeah. And then, and then my grandfather, around 1985, 86, started getting more into promotion. Oh, uh, okay. Promote gospel and, and bluegrass and country shows. Um you know, through uh, the social clubs, you know, Kiwanis Club and yes. the Lions Club. Those are like national social clubs in America. Uh-huh. And uh, so he would, uh, through them, get a hold of their, you know, their their whole Rolodex of people. And we'd go, and it was the same type of thing. Instead of just performing, he realized he could make a lot more money being the promoter. I get you, yeah. And, so, and he knew everybody. He knew, you know, so many, uh, you know, country stars at, yes. at the time. You know, I mean, I met growing up that I didn't know who they were. <laughs> and a lot of presenters and people into it and they did exactly the same thing yeah i mean it's just the way it is i mean the way it was in the country wasn't i mean I, although don't get me wrong i love some 90s country there's a lot of 90s country that i absolutely adore and i liked it at the time yes. you know what i mean but but um it, it was just it was a, it was a different time it wasn't cool you no. know what i mean it wasn't cool to be a country fan no no uh, particularly if you were into punk music and grunge music 
least a lot of my friends at the time knew that I was like listening to, to Waylon Jennings when I got in the car. I'd, I'd be getting a whole lot of a whole lot of stick for that. But uh, I wanted to be David Bowie when I was in my twenties so badly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just so wanted to be David Bowie. And but you know it'd come out like Ziggy played guitar. You know, no matter what I do, I turned a Bowie song into a country song, and it just started to get to where you know I just started to embrace it more. That could have uh, been a market for that. Should have been. Should have been. <laughs> and, and so what brought you over to England then? Um, I was in New York. I lived in New York City for the last 10 years. I was in America. That's the longest I ever lived anywhere. Right. Any single place in America. I lived in New York for 10 years. And uh, I, met my, I met my wife there, uh, and she's an English girl. Ah, okay. And um, so about, what's it, what, 2011? Yes. Her mother, her mother was diagnosed with uh, motor neuron. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she wanted to come over and, um, you know, be her carer, and and really take care of her mom for the last few years of her life, right. which is what she did. And she said she wanted to stay so our kids would learn how to talk properly. <laughs> so you've got you've got all sorts in the fire, haven't you? You've got the rockabilly band, you've got the Reavers. Mm-hmm. Is that a Firefly mm-hmm. reference? Uh, I love that. I love that you know that. Um, it's, I always tell people it's a, it, it, it depends on what kind of nerd you are. Okay. You know, if you're a sci-fi nerd, it's a Firefly yeah, reference. I am. If you're if you're a comic book nerd, it's an X-Men reference. Oh, okay, yeah, and yeah. If you're a history nerd, it actually refers to the border reavers who used to uh, raid across the border of both sides between the borders of uh, Scotland and England. And sh- surely that's where uh, Joss Whedon got it from in the first place. That's where Joss, Joss got it from. Yeah, yeah. Place. yeah, yeah. But but definitely, I mean, the, the whole the Firefly was a, 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 a you know a big thing for me when it when it came out and went through its whole uh, yes uh, being cancelled after less than a season <laughs> and then we all got together and said no Fox <laughs> no and we got a movie made. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, was, I was really I was I was definitely into all that and a big supporter of Joss's work. I, at the I time. can I, see you aiming to misbehave. Oh, I do aim to misbehave. Yeah. <laughs> so you've got that, and you've also you also do theatre shows, and you've you've played Roy Orbison, you've played Johnny Cash. Are you you've been in the Everly Brothers show, or are you in the Everly Brothers show? I'm in the Everly Brothers show. We're not on. Uh, we go back out on tour with that uh, in April. So have- 
have a distinction of um, one of their songs is uh, it's the, uh, the one of the state songs of Tennessee. It's called Rocky Top. Oh, okay. Uh, and I, I mean, you know, everybody knows Rocky Top because that's the song that University of Tennessee yes. marching band plays right. every time. University of Tennessee scores a touchdown. Uh-huh. Everybody else has to hear Rocky Top. And, you know, I, I remember telling my mama that when I got the Walk Right Back show, when I got Budlow, yes. and I was telling her I was playing Budlow, and he wrote all the songs for Everly. Said, da, 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 da. You know, she's like, oh, well, what else has he done? I know I know that name. But I was like, mama, he wrote Rocky Top. She's like, you get to play the man who wrote Rocky Top? <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you've got some new music coming out fairly soon, haven't you? I do, I do. Uh, Dear Country Music. Um, so, I mean, uh, I, had, I, to, I know you sent me the email earlier, and I love two things about it. Number one, I love the lyrics in the song, uh, and number two, I love your justification for writing the song that you sent. You love what? Your, your justification for why you wrote the song. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, to me, it, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a love letter. I mean, that's the way I started it. It was just kind of like, it was just like, I couldn't imagine. You know, after I got more involved in the country scene here, yes, uh, and seeing how many people aren't playing country music uh-huh. at all, um, but calling it country, you yes. know, and deciding that, well, I like country music. I went to C to C. I'm going to start a country band. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a lot of bandwagon jumping. Yes, um, people who have been involved in other genres of music for years and years and years. They, they haven't changed their songs. They haven't changed the arrangement of the songs. They haven't changed the way that they write. They haven't changed anything about it. But they've just kind of repackaged those same songs uh-huh. as country uh, and, and, and things like that. But also, I mean, you know, Dear Country Music was written about the, it was, you know, the, the popularity of, and of bro country. I get and it. that kind of, that yeah, kind yeah. of formulaic radio, what, what's happened, what's happened to country music? Yes. You know what I mean? It's just... It, it was just a question that was like, what happened? Did when did you, this happen? Did you see the Grady Smith video over Christmas that went viral about the, this beat is killing country music? Sorry? Did did you, get... There's a guy who I follow on Twitter who's very popular called Grady Smith. Oh, I know Grady, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he released a video. Like, some of his videos get watched three, 4,000 times. This one's been watched yeah, 1. Yeah. 1.4 million times. Oh, the snap, the snap track. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, yeah, and yeah, 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 yeah. I thought yeah, that was fascinating. Got snap track. Yeah, that one was, and it's, it's amazing if you hear it. I mean, if you, if you just like, just listen, just go to the top 10 of what's in the top 10 Hot 100 country chart right now, and how many of them actually have drums yes. on it. It blows your mind how few of them actually do, yeah, and yeah. how most of them are just like, you know, and I gotta say that even like some, uh, you know, some, some of the, the artists who are traditional at heart have embraced it in a way, and yeah. it's just become, it's become this thing that, to me, it it's just not, you know, it's not the truth. There's supposed to be three chords in the truth. Yeah. And it, it's not. It's a computer. It, it's a, it, it, it's just, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like if someone pulled the plug, someone pulled their power off, uh-huh. they couldn't play the song. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? You get that a lot with, with the, the pop. And I'm not against pop country, per se. You know what I mean? The well, idea no, I mean, that, you know, that, that sort of commerciality of, has always existed in country music, hasn't it? In, yeah, the, in mainstream country music. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm not against, you know, even you know some artists that are on the charts now. I'm not saying I don't like any of them, or I think that it's all garbage because I, I don't. I mean, there are people out there making, you know, I think for me, one of the artists who uh, epitomizes what pop country can be is somebody like.
that says something that, you know, I, I, I hear so much stuff coming out now and it's just like, they're just trying to prove how country they are by in their lyrics. Well, I'm this and I'm this and that, that. Yeah, and it yeah. reminds me of, it reminds me of a lot of the, um, machismo of, um, of like gangster rap. Music, oh, okay. You know, a, a, yeah, a, a yeah, lot yeah. Of gangster rap. It's like, they just talk about talk themselves. About themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. I do this and I have this money and I drink this and I'm doing this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, well, great. But, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing there. There's nothing, you no, know, that, 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 yeah, exactly. Um, and I'd like to hear more substance, particularly in, in, in UK country. Um, you know, America kind of has, you know, there's the mainstream thing, there's the CMA kind of, you know, music row yeah. kind of country, radio stuff, but there's a huge following of Red Dirt Country there is, and yes. te Texas artists, and that kind of country, um, you know, they, they sell out, you know, like a guy like Cody Jinks will go into the Ryman, he'll sell it out for two weeks, yes. you know, and then he'll go play the stadium, he, he can do pretty well in stadiums as well, too, yeah, I mean, yeah, or arenas, yeah. arena, probably more so than stadium, but I mean, you know, uh, artists like that, that part of country hasn't really made its way over here so much the more ameripolitan no kind of you know i'm not really a fan of the of the word ameripolitan <laughs> I, love, I love dale i love dale watson i love what they're doing with ameripolitan don't get me wrong yeah 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 but you know if you go to their site and you read what they're saying it's like they've given up using the term country yeah they, 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 i saw they, that yeah they've, yeah they, they've um, they've given it away they've realized that uh, and the way they put it is that they, they, they've, they've succeeded, uh, just accepted yes. that radio country is, it, that's what people know is country now. And we're going to have to, we're going to call it something else and we're going to call it Maripolitan. It's going to be outlaw. It's going to be honky tonk. It's going to, you know, we're going to talk about it that way. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not even use the word country, which, which to me, uh, is kind of conceding defeat. Yes. And I'm not ready to do that yet. Uh -huh. who dress up dress up as cowboys and 
carry around little toy guns. Yeah, yeah, shooting, yeah. Their, shooting their caps off, listening <laughs> to Elvis sing American Trilogy and whatnot, <laughs> which is a whole other really strange and surreal. I, mean, I played a couple of those festivals. Oh, really? It's so surreal. I mean, it's it's just they've got this weird, very warped sense of American history, yes. and they're wrong on but, a I lot mean, of it. And it is weird where these people come out of the woodwork from. Yeah, it's it's very it's, you know I don't I don't understand man when I see a white man dressed up as an American Indian <laughs> I just want to slap him I was like are you kidding me yeah, you can't yeah. do that this is the 21st century you can't walk around you know and, and painting their face red you know I definitely saw that this summer really and all the, I don't even want to talk about all the Confederate flags everywhere Jesus. It's just <laughs> Going going back to the UK scene, this is why I think it's almost impossible to be a UK country artist because the genre didn't evolve from here. We were we were into folk music, we were into sort of sea shanties, Cornish uh, music of the sea, and so I think it must be very confusing for somebody to want to play country music and be English. Well, I mean, the thing is, a lot of country music comes from those Cornwall shanties and English English Northern folk and you know uh, it's you mix that with uh, with a, a touch of an African rhythm you know instruments like uh, you know I mean the banjo is not an English instrument no. like the band, the first banjo was from Africa I want right. to say somewhere uh, you know what I mean you, you mix things like that with a Irish fiddle. And you mix that Irish fiddle with maybe a, a, a Jewish fiddle, you know, like a klutz, Klutzmer style music, uh-huh. and, and that melting pot in America, you know what I mean? Like, that's really where it all, it all, a lot of what we consider country music and the themes of country music come from these islands. Yes, right. For me, I think that the artists who are the most true to themselves, no matter what kind of, or what offshoot of country they're playing, uh, are the ones who stand up and can can you know what i mean you, you take you take an act like uh, let's talk about the, the big ones you know uh like like wandering hearts okay um i know those guys you know I, I, they they don't consider themselves a country band, no like a straight no. up country band they would never call themselves a no. country band they, they've been put kind of into this genre and kind of lumped into and they're going to take the bookings don't get me wrong i mean they're going to take the you know, if, they, if they're embraced by a crowd, they're going to play the music. Sure. And, but what they're doing is true to them. They don't put on a fake accent. They they sing with beautiful harmony. Yep. The, the songs are, are, are good. I mean, you know, I, I'm looking forward to the next record. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of growth uh-huh. uh, song songwriting-wise. <laughs> but the music, the musicianship is there. And you can tell by the way that the quality is there. And so the fans have gone there. If you know what I mean. Yes, and it also um, has a very British feel to it, parts of that. Very album. British, and that's cool. That's what needs to happen, I think, more in the UK country scene. Yeah. Is it? Don't be ashamed to be British. You know what I mean? Like, I get you. You don't have to. You don't have to try to be something that you're not, because it's it's supposed to be three chords and the truth. So tell your truth. If you have a really heavy Cockney accent, <laughs> singing it. Okay. <laughs> if you sound northern, sound northern. It's yeah, okay. Yeah. Your people, like for me, the most. Uh, authentic country voice in the UK right now is Axe Connolly. Oh, okay, and, yeah, yeah. And Axe gets, uh, some people think he tries to sound American. Well, he doesn't. Whenever you hear him speak, he's got this real uh, West Country kind of accent. Yes. To me, I mean, he's from kind of Oxford area, but he sounds very 
Somerset, very, right. you know what I mean? When you talk to Axe, he's got he's a real gruff voice okay. and um, a lot of character behind it. And then he sings, and it's the same thing. It's the same kind of, he's not putting on an accent. Yeah. But just the way that he writes as far as, uh, you know, following country themes and the lyrics, the weight of his lyrics are astounding. Yes. Great, great melodies, you know what I mean? His, his album uh, came out, was, was that was 20... It was two years ago when yeah. it all came out. I yeah, want to say yeah. nothing, nothing unexpected. And it's, um, it, it, it's so far that that has been hands down my absolute favorite British country album. Okay. Uh, ever. Yeah. Uh, but I love like, like yourself, he's someone that the BCMA haven't really picked up on, have they? Uh, no, no, they. Um, and I know you've been, you know, you've had your <laughs> fallings out with them in the past, and mm. I saw a sort of makeup beer with Luke Thomas online just before Christmas, where you sort of yeah. did an olive branch well, thing and stuff. But is yeah, all, I mean, are you all square with the BCMA now? I don't know if I'm square with BCMA. I mean, the, the thing is, was and, and I was kind of guilty of this of lumping Luke Thomas in with right. you know the BCMA. He's yeah, yeah. not on the board. You know, his parents are are on the board. Yeah, that, yeah, that is yeah. absolutely true. Um, and you know, but he doesn't make any of those decisions. You know, he yes. doesn't make any decisions over who's going to be nominated, who's going to win, who's going to be on what festival. And, you know, it was just, we we kind of had a, even before we got together and had a beer and just decided to hash it out, the thing was we would get into these arguments online about <laughs> stuff and just start ripping each other and stuff like that. But we would end up making each other laugh. Yeah, you know? well, and, and that's, was, what's, that's what's happened to me and you. You have made me laugh exactly. so many times over the last couple of years. Yeah, even if we don't agree, and, but we, you make each other laugh, and then you, you know, you kind of understand. Just, you know, I'm not trying to convert every BCMA pop tart to liking proper country music. Yeah, I'm not yeah, trying yeah. to do that. You know, it, it, it's never been my goal, but um, it's uh, it, it's it's funny with Luke, and now I find myself I'm, I'm working with him. You know, I mean, I'm in uh, well, it's the beginning of February. Oh, okay. I'm going. I'm in uh, a show with Luke Thomas uh, theater show. Called Nashville Live. Oh, cool! Um, they did that tour. They did a, a small tour in the UK last year. Yes. And uh, they've recast, and we're doing a forty-day tour of Australia and New Zealand. Wow! Uh, from February through June. No, February through April. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And then there's going to be a UK tour uh, in September, a smaller tour, about fifteen, twenty days right. or so. Um, and um, it's me and Luke Thomas. And uh, another UK artist, Laura Evans. Oh, okay. No, yeah, no, she's, Laura, yeah. She's in that show as well. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and then uh, quite a, the rest of them are, we fiddle, our, our fiddle player from the Reavers, she's in that show. Yes. Um, yeah. Very short. Luke, Luke's out there at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's down there buckling boots. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, um, he gets to do that long flight a couple of times this year. <laughs> Actually, speaking of buckling boots, there's so many festivals now in the UK, you know, in since you moved here, there's all these festivals growing up. Are you are you applying for festivals, or are you wary of the festival crowd? Um, I always apply. Yeah. Because uh, even though I know that a lot of those, uh, you know, BCMA more associated festivals, you know, the the ones that are run by board members and, and such like, they're they're never gonna put me on. Right. You know, I'll, I will probably never be on Buckle and Boots. Okay. Uh, you know, because those they just they simply do not like me. Right. Since I declined the nomination, they tried to get me. <laughs> you know, so I mean, they they nominated me for Horizon Act of the Year was, was this, like well, not not last year, year before. Uh-huh. Um, and and I declined it. And I declined it in a fairly public way that 
them. Set them, set them off yeah. against me. Um, uh, several of their board members were. It was a straight up blacklist. It, it was. I, I won't say it's not. Yeah. Um, then they, they basically told me in no uncertain words that I would never be on any of their festivals. And uh, and and they started threatening people that I worked with. You oh, know, okay. Threatening people. You know, uh, people like Hannah Johnson. Yes. Who, um, you know, received phone calls from board members saying, like, well, if you continue to associate with him, you're going to find the doors are slammed in your face. Uh-huh. That, that type of thing. They, they didn't, they just didn't like being questioned, I find, with the BCMA. They, they don't, no. they don't uh, respond so well to criticism. And they're very, the, the, the nepotism there uh-huh. can, can, can really feel oppressive. You know, uh, you know, the, these awards come out and, they're very similar to the awards the year before, and very similar to the awards the year before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and you know, for the most part, you can look at almost all the winners, and you can connect the dots to one or another board member. Yes. And you know, that's just the way it is. It's sad. It's a sad truth, but that, that, that's the truth. You know. You um, been... I think that the BCM. Go ahead. No, go on. You keep going. Yeah. I think that the BCMA could be a really good thing for UK country. I, I, I really do. But um, right now, I, I feel like, you know, I mean, the truth is, there's not a lot of them. No. There's not a lot of members of no, the BCMA. No. I mean, we're talking under 200 members that are deciding who the best are in the country. Now, yes. most of those 200 members really only go to Buckland Boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's essentially the Buckland Boots kind of crowd who decide who the best in UK country are. And but, uh, you've been a critic of C2C before in the past, but you got a last-minute invite last year. Did it? Was yeah, that, it was, was that really cool funny. It was. It was. Um, I, I, you know, again, like I applied to C2C because you apply to every festival. Yes. That, that's your job. You know what I mean? You apply and you see what happens. And uh, I never thought that they would. They don't generally have people who play kind of more like honky tonk or, or outlaw style country. Yeah, yeah. Um, they don't generally book those people. They, you know, it tends to be more, uh, more of the pop spectrum or more of the bluesy kind of stuff. And, uh-huh. um, yeah, it, it, it was it was a very last minute thing as well when they asked me to do it, and it, I, I probably wouldn't have done it if I hadn't. You know, I was already in London oh, that okay. week. Yes, doing. I, so I was in London. I was doing rehearsals, and the rest of my band kind of all live around London. So it was it was really easy for us to be like. Yeah, yeah, we'll do it. We're we're there. We're already gonna be there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it, it didn't. It wasn't. You know, it, it wasn't a matter of like having to spend money on getting everybody to there, and getting a hotel for everybody. You know, we just went and did the gig like anywhere else. Um, we got a great response on the day. Um, we were on the the big entrance stage, uh-huh. which which this year really kind of seemed to be the the focal point as far as the satellite stages yes. go, the free stages. You know, the the big entrance stage seemed to really. I think matter. it was. What with all the building going on elsewhere, it pushed. Yeah. It pushed yeah, people just, to that stage. Yeah. So it was. Uh, you know, we had a. It was a. You know, it was a very very large crowd by the time our set finished, and it, it was. You could just see people like walking, and they'd be like like walking by, and they'd be like, oh, whoa, 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 that that's that's country. That's like proper. <laughs> that's like proper country. That's like okay. Well, you know, and. You don't seem to get proper. I don't. You know, it's hard to say. I don't want to say proper country. I don't want to like, you know, put down what other people are doing so much. But um, you know, I mean, there are levels of country. Yes. And there 
there are like you know degrees of, yeah, of yeah. country as it were and and what we do is there's no other word for it like what i like about our music is that you know a lot of other people who are playing in the uk country scene when asked to describe their music they uh they tend to say oh well it's kind of uh southern rockish kind of country or it's bluesy kind yeah, of yeah. bluegrassy and I just say, well, our stuff is it's country. There's no other word to describe it. Yeah. It, it, I don't need to describe it with any other way. It, it's it's as as country as as you know you you would want it to be. And yeah, yeah. To call it country music, I don't have to describe it by saying, well, there's a a, a bit of rockabilly in it, or there's a a bit of modern pop, and you know, yes. none of that. It often frustrates me when I think about where all those thousands of people that go to C2C disappear to each year. Because <laughs> they're certainly not yeah. going out to gigs, are they? No, it's really funny. Um, I mean, I think they, they, they only want to see the American acts. Right. Not only. I mean, there are some of them who really do get into British acts, and they really are. But, um, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry. Yes. So if they had just started coming up now in the UK, 
they would be lumped into the UK country scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so it's just, uh, it's just an odd, an odd thing. I, I think that the UK doesn't really have a grasp yet on what exactly country is. No. Or more, more importantly, what it isn't. Yes. And uh, I'd like to, you know, and I, that only comes through more, more American people coming over and, and doing it, and more are. More yeah. every year. Well, if, if you look at the reaction to Marty Stewart at C2C, yeah, you know that that's who, why. Who's Marty Stewart? Exactly. Nobody knew who he was. Yeah, and yeah. I'm like, I knew who Marty Stewart was. I knew he was going to go up on that stage. Him and cousin Kenny were going to rip <laughs> it up, and they did. And you know, they gave everybody in that arena a, a masterclass on what country music is. Yes. And I think, uh, and I think, the more people that do that, the more people will catch on. I think we're still learning over here. Yeah. <coughs> You know, country music is inclusive. Everybody can play country music, but you got to do it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to pay your dues. You can't just be a pop singer forever or a rock singer in an emo band, and then suddenly you go to see see once and you're a country singer. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. It wouldn't work that way in America. Yeah. <laughs> and, so. and so, when bringing it back to your music, when can we expect your country music to come out? It comes out on the twenty fourth of January. We'll probably be announcing pre-sales next week. Yep. Uh, and it'll be across all platforms, obviously. And, um, yeah, but we'll be, uh, we'll be releasing on 24th January. Yeah, well, I think, um, I, I really like it. I really like um, what I've heard. So, you know, we'll be behind uh -huh. it, a lyric, and we'll give you, you know, the support that we can. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. And, uh, you know, I hope it does really well for you. You've got a busy year ahead. I do. I don't have any time off. No. It seems. <laughs> And a lot of time on the road. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I like it. Yeah. <laughs> well, look, Lars, that's been a, it's been a cracking conversation. I've really enjoyed it. Thanks, mate. It was really nice talking to you. You know, it was, it's ever so nice talking to somebody who grew up uh, around country music and, you know, is, is so passionate about it. So thank you. Oh, no, thank you, for, thank you for listening. Most people just think I'm crazy and mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can be those things and still be passionate as well. It's true. It's true. I try to. <laughs> so look, have, have a you know have a great year, and I'm sure we'll meet up at some point along the way this year somewhere. Oh, that'd be lovely. I'd love to meet you. Yeah. No. Likewise. Never. All right. Thanks for your time. No worries, mate. Take care of yourself. All right. Take care. Bye. 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 And there you have it. That's our ten-minute country at forty minutes this week. It's the longest one we've ever recorded, but I felt that that was a much more interesting conversation that you could listen to than just um, see words transcribed onto a page. Um, you know, you may not always uh, agree with um, Lars's opinions. You may have different opinions. And if you want to get in touch with me and, um, and put forward your opinion, uh, if there's people out there that want to get involved in the conversation about UK country music, I'm more than willing to give other people a platform, either on this podcast or, you know, via an interview. Um, but that's Lars's opinions about, you know, and, and they're fascinating, you know, and, and it, I really love the fact that he comes from, um, you know, Atlanta, Georgia and, and such a musical family uh, and, and he's over here um, and so passionate about, you know, country music in the States and the UK scene as well. So uh, I thought that was, uh, you know, a really interesting conversation. And thanks for sticking with it. Um, I've been James Dakin and that's been 41 Minute Country.